Good morning, Udo. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. What, what sort of strong themes came through during your webinar yesterday? Um, I think one of the main ones was definitely um, the sexual harassment. Um, the fact that it really is not, um, in this industry, it's not um, you know, um, viewed as something that um, has been um, addressed and has been um, dealt with in the manner that it should be dealt with. Um, which is why um, we spoke so clearly with SWIFT, I mean, as SWIFT, that, you know, we have worked so hard to put things in place, such as having the code of conduct to make sure that, um, you know, practitioners in the industry, on set or off set, you know, are protected and are looked after, especially the females, um, with having the code of conduct where we encourage uh, production houses and um to make sure that they create a safe environment for them. Okay. You know, we have, you know, educating them that sexual harassment is something that should not be a side mm, uh, mm. conversation. It should be the first thing that they actually address in, 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 um, in, the, in all their productions. I, I want to come back to that code of conduct and how it fits into the industry in just a bit. But, mm. L- L- Londeka, the, the fall of Harvey Weinstein was sparked by the Me Too movement. Back in South Africa, we saw certain actors lose their work as women came forward and told their truth. Why does it seem like, like for South Africa specifically, it's it's mm. just been a moment in time, but even though you've taken strides to have a code of conduct, n- nothing's nothing's taking shape, nothing's being being taken on as now a formal platform in the industry. I mean, what we also need to just be aware of is that with cases that do get um, reported, <laughs> it, they cannot be discussed publicly. Sure, you sure. know, um, with matters such as, um, you know, I'm going to just go back to the code of conduct as well, mm. um, and also just highlighting the fact that we have such has created um, a space where um, people can report. Um, with the safety contact officers. Um, safety contact officers are your first point of call where you go with your complaints and they really um, help you to navigate the whole process of how to go with the complaints yourself when you're dealing with the production company, when you're dealing with the supplier onset or offset or, you know, whatever the case matter is. Mm. But unfortunately, because it does need to be, um, it does need to be confidential, to protect the, the person that is um, complaining, that's probably why you don't really hear, um, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, the success cases um, okay. that, you know, people expect. Mm. You know, you hear about the hard Weinstein, but obviously because we need to make sure that the person is protected and we are advocating safety as well, post the matter, um, you know, having happened on stage. They, they cannot be um, definitely um, disclosed. Publicly. Fully, fully understood, and and I'm encouraged by that. W- what mm. you were telling me, though, from from the webinar, is that while there is a code of conduct, it, it's not being adopted broadly. Women still feel that they are being victimized in in the filmmaking space. But definitely. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done, uh, but one of the major things that you know have um, also pushed it forward is that we've adopted a pledge, or we've put forward a pledge to um, you know government organisations um, and also production houses themselves, where um, we've said for you to put out, you know, when you're putting out the funding to 
you know, for development or whatever the case is, you also have to vet out those people to make sure that they are adopting to the code. So, you know, finding them and um, you make sure that you find the people that are, are adopting mm. to make sure that the states are on um, are, um, are safe. Okay. So it's 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 a much bigger. I mean, it's definitely there's always going to be a lot of work that needs to be done, but we are taking it way beyond just having it on state and someone complaining. But we're saying we're calling out the government themselves and our industry professionals. Um, we've had the NHF they've signed um, onto the pledge themselves. The GFS they've signed the pledge on um, themselves. Um, At the film festival, they've also signed the pledge to say, you know, we're going to work and make sure that we work with people who create a safe environment within um, the industry. Well, I don't see any reason why the IDC government or anybody else handing out funding for, for the making of films in South Africa cannot go that route. And maybe it's our job, Londeka, as the media, to put a bit of pressure on them to to get to that point. I was filmmaker and uh, sisters working in film and television board member, Londeka Luaza. Your business needs to be on top of things. Always ready, always connected. Get a Vodacom voice solution tailored to your business. Whether you work from home or the office, our suite of voice solutions lets you voice and video call, chat, share content or collaborate with colleagues and customers. Switch to our voice solutions and keep your business number. Search Vodacom Business. Further together. Vodacom Business. Femicide is defined as the intentional killing of women or girls because they are females. When a woman says no, it means exactly that. No means no. SABC Education. Enriching minds, enriching lives. To our hospitals, to every unsung, unseen hero working there, to every loyal, steadfast, innovative caregiver, to those who stepped up to fight this pandemic, doctors, nurses, vaccinators, the vaccinated, thank you. South Africa can overcome this threat. The answer is in all our hands. Sanitize, mask, keep your distance, vaccinate. Together, let's keep getting stronger. A message brought to you by the Hospital Association of South Africa. Advancing healthcare. Hashtag SAFM Weekend View. 19 before 7 it is. Now tensions ran high at Freiburg in the northwest following outbursts by members of the public after the election of an EFF councillor, Teboho Babuile, as the executive mayor of the Dr. Ruth Sechomotse Mompati District Municipality. While 30 votes were cast, only 27 were counted after three votes were spoiled, resulting in Babuile walking away with 17 votes, while the ANC mayoral nominee, uh, Jolate Khabo, received only 10. The district municipality has 30 seats, with the ANC occupying 16 seats, the EFF 10, uh, the DA, UCDP and Patriotic Alliance, and ACM having a single seat each. Sounds complicated, but Paul Perdi breaks it down for us. The ANC occupies 16 of the 30 seats in the Dr. Ruth Sukhomozi Mumbati District Municipality, while the EFF while the EFF occupies 10 seats, and the DA, UCDP, the Patriotic Alliance, and ACM each have a single seat. The EFF's provincial secretary Papiki Babuile says they are happy at this 
unexpected turn of events. So there we have it. Uh, a quick little snapshot from Mpolipedia about what's happening in uh, that uh, Dr. Ruth Sehomotsi Mompati District Municipality. But let's uh, move along now. And we're joined on the line by SABC political editor Mzwandi Lembeche because there, as you heard in the news, there have been all sorts of accusations flung at the SABC around its editorial policy uh, around local government election times. Mzwandile, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Udo. Uh, good morning to the listeners. Our, our Minister of Transport and the ANC sort of point man for elections, Kilemba Lula, has been very busy on social media this <laughs> week, um, casting all sorts of aspersions and also all sorts of justifications for the way that the ruling party has done at the polls. In a nutshell, the SABC editorial policy around this local government elections. Your thoughts about the criticism thrown at it? Well, um, <clears throat> I think uh, as the, 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 the team that has been responsible for covering elections, I think we did our best uh, in terms of making sure that we are fair. And then how we did that, Udo, is that we had to follow the prescripts of what the policy says. So we needed to just be uh, as equitable and fair and follow the ECASA rules. So that's all we did. But of course, um, uh, you'd find that at some point, not everyone would be happy. In fact, as much as the ANC has uh, uh, made it clear that uh, it felt uh, we were uh, unfair, um, the fact of the matter is that the facts on the ground uh, speak uh, otherwise. So I guess uh, it's a political party. They are entitled to their opinion. But what we did as the public broadcaster, we did that which we are supposed to do, which is uh, being fair and giving everyone a voice. Look, I, I gather no, no evidence has been, been put in front of the table of somebody like yourself or, or uh, senior management at the SABC. So do we yeah. just sort of take it on the chin as an organization and go, there's no evidence, let's move on? Or what do you, what do, you do as the SABC in, in light of these, these allegations? Well, um, in the absence of anything that we have to answer to so clearly, uh, we can't be um, sidetracked. Uh, we just need to move on and uh, continue doing our work. And of course, uh, where they have concerns, so the SAPC is free to engage and perhaps assist in, in clearing the picture because you'd find that uh, there are a few things that they may not have understood uh, how are done. So those things can, could be clarified to them. But uh, um, in the main, so the SAPC uh, political news team and uh, the, the generality of coverage continues. Right. Now, can I pick your brain about how the elections panned out, please? Can, can, can we talk about that now? Because, and, and I've been wanting to pick your brain about this one in particular, and I'm not going to talk or say anything yeah. about votes being bought in KZN, because <laughs> ju- just like with the, the tweet, there, there's no evidence on the table. But I do find it interesting, Mzwandile, that we, we've now seen suspended SG, suspended health minister, sort of being, being seen as the heroes of the retention of the Etiquini mayorship. I wonder just just how, how important a move that is if we look at how the DA is dominated up on the high felt with a view to us moving closer and closer to 2022. And we know yeah. what's happening in 2022. Yeah. I, 
you know, um, in fact, uh, I think one of the reasons, uh, Udo, uh, the ANC uh, performed very poorly in these elections. Uh, let's just put aside the issue of SAPC. I just think that mm. that's a side issue. Um, it's number one. Uh, I, I know there, there are many other factors, but I'll just give you three factors. Mm. Uh, number one is the internal reactions within the party. Sure. So they are to blame. Remember, before the election, there were protests literally every day at Luton House. Number two, the issue of service delivery. Honestly, um, there are so many towns which have been run down. Um, and, and in the main, some of them being run by ANC uh, mayors or councils. And number three, the issue of corruption. Mm. And uh, that's why even Balula himself uh, in his press conference, he was saying the perception was that uh, we are amasela, which is basically means we are thieves. Yeah. So clearly, if you are a thief, because you are corrupt. So <clears throat> those three factors have really uh, done huge damage to the ANC. And then what does that, that play into now? You've just mentioned the issue of the suspended Secretary General <clears throat> and, the, and the former Minister of Health. What about that? So you you can see that it's the internal party fights because some people within the party want others to appear better than others. Mm. So the fact of the matter is that uh, I think these negotiations were started by, I think, the, the current leadership of the ANC in KZN. But of course, uh, someone like Zulim Kizze, the member of the NEC, has close relations uh, with Mavundla. And of course, uh, Mavundla's mm. relations with, uh, with uh, former President Zuma is, is, is legendary. So Clearly, when they see their party uh, not doing well, I'm sure there's nothing that will stop them from picking up the phone. But I think what we, as perhaps the media, should not fall into into uh, as a trap is then to be used by factions within the ANC to say it's certain people, not others. Because you can see that it would be the so-called RET faction versus what you'd call CR17 faction. Duly noted. Duly noted. I'm so glad we could pick your brain this morning. SABC political editor, Mzwandi Limbeche. Uh, quick little break. On the other side, I-, I want to get some political analysis on the what nows for these tenuous mayorships of the likes of the DA across Gauteng and some other analysis around the repercussions of the way we voted. That's coming up after the break. CUT, the foremost higher education institution in the free state, is dedicated to quality education and training in science, technology, engineering and mathematics. It is the only university in the central region to offer engineering, radiography, clinical and biomedical technology, hospitality management and tourism management. And thanks to CUT's work-integrated learning programs, students get much-needed work experience in their chosen fields. Visit CUT's website today at cut.ac.za and see why we are thinking ahead. Open up to S3's Young Planet Defenders, where a team of dedicated conservationists set out to protect our planet and its amazing wildlife. In Falkland Island, Erin is on a mission to film rockhopper penguins. In India, Malaika is on a mission to uncover threats facing elephants, while Megan explores fears facing sharks in the UK. Be inspired by S3's Young Planet Defenders on their plight to aid the planet on Wednesdays at 8.30, only on... Hashtag SAFM Weekend View.
Right, let's get some further analysis now on what's uh, transpired since the local government elections. Political analyst Rabaka Kalote on the line to us. Rabaka, good morning and welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a while and thank you for having me, Udo. I, I got you. Now, at, a, at first glance, you would look at, for instance, Gauteng. And you look at the DA sitting with the mayorships that they have across what we can only say are, are unexpected mayorships for them. How and much power does the DA have in these metros, given how those mayorships came about? None at all. <laughs> none at all. Um, you know, one is struggling whether to breathe a sigh of relief or expect the unexpected as it has been. Um, it's, it's going to be quite a chaotic governance within the various metros in Gauteng, particularly based on how everything unfolded. And I think EFF kept true to its promise. Um, it's not going to give any of its votes to the African National Congress, but it's still going to play its tactical game and give support to the Democratic Alliance, despite the Democratic Alliance having expressed that it would never ever work with the EFF. Now you wonder in such municipalities, um, when it comes to issues of policy, when it comes to issues of budgets, when it comes to, I mean, these two parties are so far apart from one another when it comes to ideology. And um, based on the fact that we are faced with so much, um, um, how can one put it, um, it, it, it's going to be very, very difficult to align whatever it is, the promises that were made in, in each respective manifesto um, from various political parties to come together and answer to the issues of service delivery to particularly the residents of Gauteng. And this is just it. People will hear me laugh and think that I'm, I'm snickering at the DA, that it, it's schadenfreude. It, it is not that. It is the realization that what has happened is going to seriously, seriously impact and and hamper service delivery in metros that are already struggling. And I would think, you know, Udo, at at, at this point, um, I mean, Helen Zilla has said it so much. I've, 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 I've been holding on to every word that she's been saying when confronted with issues of conspiracy theories that came about and the intentions of the Democratic Alliance. And as a federal leader, you wonder if she comprehends the extent to which this can be problematic. I mean, we run the risk of total collapse of governance in such metros. 66 hung municipalities. Think about it. This more than tripled from the last uh, local government elections in 2016. And if, if, if no, we can never run away from the fact that coalition governance is the future of South Africa. This is going to be the political game from now onwards. But I don't think the various political parties, particularly when it comes to minority governance, mm. comprehend that there needs to be compromise and consensus. Sure. And the deals and agreements, whether they were formal or informal, that came about, I don't think they can answer to um, uh, the struggles that the communities are facing. And these would be, I mean, the litmus tests that are going to come about from especially um, a minority-run governments, local governments. Enough said. You you broke it down beautifully there for us. Political analyst Raubaka Kalaote, thank you very much for your time here on The Weekend View. We move along to a story involving petroleum giant Shell.
they refuted claims that it failed to conduct proper environmental impact assessments for its planned five-month seismic testing project off the wild coast of KZN. The controversial project is a seismic survey of the seas between Morgan's Bay and Port St. John's to map the ocean floor for signs of oil or gas. Environmental organizations have accused Shell of using a legal loophole to bypass an environmental impact assessment. They say authorization for the project was obtained in 2013 when the legal framework excluded the impact assessment. But in an exclusive interview with SABC's current affairs show Newsbreak, Country Chair for Shell South Africa, uh, says all necessary requirements were met. Let's get some reaction now. Uh, Shell's exploration plans, of course, along the Wild Coast. We're joined on the line by Youth for Marine Protected Areas spokesperson, Sopumulele Koma. Uh, Sopumulele, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having us. Shall were they to do an impact assessment or not, given uh, the rules that, that you've looked at? So basically, um, it is still set to be going by the looks of things for the 1st of December. Um, it, you know, as much as we are boycotting it and we are fighting it, sometimes it seems as if um, our efforts are not really being listened, but we'll continue fighting that. But by the, by the looks of things, it looks like they are still going, but so, we're still so, looking at the ways of so fighting them. <laughs> okay, speak to me about those other ways, because I gather the organizations putting pressure on the government to cease uh, uh, these tests have failed. But what other processes are open to you now? Um, one way that I can't really get into more details about is, you, you know, um, taking legal action. But I can't really get into too many details about that because it's still internal at this moment. Um, you know, so we, we're putting it out there. Um, we are combining with other organizations to make a bigger impact because that's, that's, that's what we feel like it's going to bring a difference, especially, you know, people fighting in different ways in a matter of you don't use um, um, shell as a garage, for instance. Um, other ways is, you know, using the use of social media um, and, as I said, taking other legal actions that I can't really get into more details about I, right I get now. you. So come the 1st of December, where will you as an organization be if uh, this process by shell continues? Look, we'll, we'll continue making lots of noise, you know, because our thing is the more people that, as I said, you know, are knowing what is happening, because what we find is that people don't really understand what this means, you know, how, we, how is this going to, 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 to affect them in a matter of this is only exploration. It's not even a matter of we are saying they have found oil there, mm-hmm. not that we would have been okay with that, but it's literally just um, explorations, which is not worth it. You know, five months of um, um, explosions every 10 seconds for 24 hours. So we're trying to put the education out there to the communities as well, to empower them as well, to let them know that, look, you do have the voice. And if you do get up and you, you stand for this, you know, we have a better chance of defeating it. All right. We'll keep watching and keeping a close eye on this one. Sopumelela Nkoma, Youth for Marine Protected Area spokesperson. Let's wrap up with your thoughts. We ask you just what are your thoughts around this variant that has been discovered? What are your thoughts about the world? 78 countries basically saying, ah, South Africans, we don't want you.
We don't want you flying into our space. And the health minister saying, well, that stance is basically rubbishing the World Health Organization's approach and regulations on these matters. This is what you had to say. Good morning, Udo. I just read the statement from the Botswana government, which says there were only four detected cases of the new variant. And um, these were all uh, foreign nationals who came here on uh, diplomatic missions. And those four cases have since left the country. And there have been no new cases that are detected. So it is only four people who were not from um, Botswana originally. Um, They were there on a diplomatic mission and they've already left the country. Good morning, Udo. This is Emmanuel Mtolo. And uh, see, Udo, um, I think uh, some some countries are taking uh, the, the life of their people uh, serious. Unlike in South Africa, where where the, the borders are, are, are left open so that everyone can come and go uh, uh, until uh, people get infected. You see, some, some countries are, are, are doing a good work. They're taking the life of their people serious. Thank you. Good morning, uh, Udo George uh, in Port Elizabeth here. Udo, I don't know why we have to follow the world's fallacy. The world is too embarrassed that the South African scientists are up to their game. They detect these things. It doesn't mean it originates in South Africa, but they are capable to detect them. I don't know why must we be drawn by the nose to believe the world. And that's how we come to the end of today's show. We'll do it again tomorrow morning. I'm sure COVID will come up for discussion again because our president is going to meet with us. There's no doubt in my mind that he will. My thanks to the team of Apuwe Onono, Titsihangwe Nemanashe, Marumo Kekana, our technical producer, Zalma Tribi, and to you for joining us on the show this morning. Six to seven tomorrow, Sunday edition of the Weekend View. Right now, though, it's time for the latest news, and then it is the turn of the Jet Set Breakfast.